Lions, Bengals, and Bears, none of my guys scared. Chase rumbling, any one of them guys there. Wayne Young and he hungry, I pray we patient with him. I pray he leave with some money, I pray he leave with his health. Yeah, uh, the physical and mental. The thing I like about football is that stats kill opinions. This rap shit, I lick the niggas, I ain't about to knock it. This whole summer I was buying all the winter product. And I tried being peaceful, but my peace was getting bothered. So no doubt we got them eagles, we go Carson Wentz, Stefani. Okay, 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 okay. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 167 of Electrified. I'm your host, Eric. Izzy. Yo, my dog want me to play with her. I can't. I have to work, baby girl. I have to work. People need me. So, once again, welcome to episode 167. Happy Tuesday. Week six of the NFL is in the books. Okay, we got some things to talk about, man. So let's jump right into it. So let's talk about the Ravens and the Chargers, man. I I thought this game was going to be uh, Chargers-Browns part two. I thought we were going to get game of the year type. Not at all. Not at all. Like, the first thing I said was, imagine flying to the opposite side of the country. Just to get smoked. I mean, dog, I, it, it was ugly. It started out like the Chargers had a nice little drive to start off, and then things just got ugly after that. Things just got ugly. But, I mean, the Ravens did exactly what they had to do, man. They had to start hot. They had to stay hot. Defense was clicking. Offense was was moving. They they had a good game. 34-6, that's nasty. That's nasty. Now, you know, questions have come up. You know, did the Ravens just expose the Chargers and, you know, things of that nature? And I don't I don't think so. I'm going to give the Chargers the benefit of the doubt. Okay. They came they they, they came to the East Coast. Okay. A one o'clock game to us here on the East Coast felt like a nine AM nine AM game to them. Okay. Could they been a little jet lag? Maybe. You know, so I, I'm I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. But on Sunday, the Ravens were the better team. And this just goes to show that this is a week-to-week league. It's a week-to-week league. Like last night uh, with the Titans, you know, my guy Dev, he's a Jets fan. He's just saying, you know, this is the same Titans team that lost to the, the Jets. I'm like, yeah, it is. But it's a week-to-week league, man. It's any given Sunday. Okay, and Styles make fights. Styles makes fights. Like, yeah, this Titans team, maybe they didn't get all the way up for that Jets game. You know, maybe they didn't get up for that. But I know they was going to get up for that one last night. And they did. But we'll get to that one soon. But the Ravens, man, 5-1, five, five straight without running backs. And, you know, speaking of running backs, the ones they picked up, they, they 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 showed out, didn't they? You know, it looks like they're starting to get involved more. I mean, we saw, uh, what's my guy's name? Devontae Freeman. He had a couple ones. He had nine, nine carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Latavius Murray scored. Nine carries, 44 yards. They're getting Le'Veon Bell involved. Eight carries, 18 yards, one touchdown. It was all rushing yesterday. I mean, excuse me, on Sunday. Mark Andrews, five receptions, 68 yards, one touchdown. You know what I mean? Like, and it was a game where Lamar didn't have to be the leading rusher. This is it right here. You know, this is a formula. 
You want to be able to run the ball with somebody other than your quarterback, right? And that's what they did. And they ran the ball, and they schemed. Now, Lamar didn't have a great day throwing the ball, but a win's a win. You know, you outscored your opponent three out of four quarters. I mean, four out of four quarters. The, the Chargers only scored six points in the second quarter. They, they didn't score in the first. They didn't score in the third. And they didn't score in the fourth. So the, the Chargers dropped to four and two, and the Ravens advanced to four and one. Five and one, excuse me. So when you look at the AFC standings, and you look at the Ravens compared to the rest of the AFC, I mean, fam, they're, they're the only one who's lost one game so far. I don't know, man. 3-0 at home, 2-1 away, five-game win, five win streak. They went 3-1 against the AFC West. They beat the Chargers, beat the Broncos, beat the Chiefs. Their opening weekend loss. Opening week loss was to the Raiders, and that seems like forever ago. Baltimore Ravens could very well be the best team in the AFC right now, man. I mean, they're hot as hell. Mars playing out of this world. They're a good. They're a great team, man. I don't. And and this is like this is the team that you may not want to see in January, and nobody expected this. Nobody expected this. Even Baltimore, even within the city of Baltimore, nobody expected this, man. Coming into the season, there were nothing but injuries. And heartbreak, like, nobody thought this coming in towards the middle of October, towards the end of October, the Baltimore Ravens would be 5-1 and one leading the AFC. Nobody thought that. I sure as hell did. And then you talk about the AFC as a, the AFC North as a whole, fam. It looks like the Browns are starting to fall off the face of the earth. They've lost two, lost two straight and... Baker's shoulder and Odell's shoulder, and they 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 are just not clicking. I don't know what the hell is going on with Baker Mayfield, but I'll tell you one thing. I don't see him getting paid. This is contract year for him and Lamar. Lamar's getting a bag. Lamar's going to get a bag. But will the Browns look at Baker Mayfield and be like, you know what, do we really need to keep him long-term? Do we need to pay him long-term? inconsistent now he's dealing with a shoulder injury and not having a great year so far and with all these weapons in place there's no excuse there's no excuse the Browns shouldn't be three and three there's no excuse on paper this team is you know what I mean so could they play the tag you're it game you know, tag him until they feel like he's worthy of a long term deal who knows but I feel like that should be what they're doing, but at the, you look at the AFC North, man, the Bengals are they're here four and two, four and two. They are here in second place, and they they play the Ravens this week. Uh, what they play? In, I think they play them at home. The Ravens are at home again. Ravens have had a lot of home games in the front half of the season. Yeah, it's one o'clock game. I'll be tuned in for that. Definitely, definitely. But yeah, the AFC North is alive and well, man. Looks like the Steelers are getting back on track. They got a good overtime win over the Seattle Seahawks Sunday night. Um, yeah, man, keep an eye on the AFC North. Keep an eye on the AFC North. It's very competitive. Very competitive. Very competitive. 
Um, let's see what else happened week six, man. It was some good ass games, man. The Cowboys and Patriots game was a battle, man. Dak Prescott, 36 of 51, 445 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Matt Jones, 15 to 21. Now, look, that boy's accurate as hell. He's accurate, man. 15 to 21, 229, two touchdowns, one interception. Um, great game. Great game. It was a wild game, man. C.D. Lamb is that guy. He's that guy. I learned that. I think we already knew that, but now it's 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 evident, man. He he's asserting himself to be that guy, that number one receiver on that Cowboys offense, man. Nine receptions, 149 yards, and two touchdowns. One being the walk off in overtime where he waved the Patriots goodbye. I mean, fam, the offense is playing great. My guy Dalton Schultz, Schultz, excuse me, they're, they're tight end, number 86. He's my fantasy guy. I love him. He's on a bye this week. Don't like that, though. But that's my guy. Um, you know, Zeke had a good day out the backfield and in the past game. You know, it's always good to keep him involved, keep him running through people's faces. But this Cowboys team, man, 5-1. and one. I mean, hey, man. Could this could this be, you know, the team that has always been hyped up to be this? I mean, I haven't seen this much with my own two eyes. Like the, the Cowboys haven't been this good since 2016. Y'all remember that year? Damn, 2016. That was five years ago. Cowboys, they were what? Were they one or the two seed a year? The two seed, the two seed, the two seed. They were behind the Falcons because we had to go down. We had to go to Dallas in the divisional round. Yeah. Yeah, man. The two seed, you know, they was dancing. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, man. That 2016 Cowboys team was good. But this one right here might be better because they got a good defense. Their defense is better than that one. I think the receiving core is better. Dak is better. I think Dak is a better quarterback, than obviously, than he was in 2016. This Cowboys team could be a problem. They could be a problem, man. At five and one, they're a problem because they win games. They like they could be six and zero. They could have beaten the Bucks week one. That was that was a 50-50 game. They could have beat the Bucks week one. And I would like to see that game again. I think the Cowboys, the Cowboys and Bucks play each other in the playoffs. I think the Cowboys could be the team to knock the Buccaneers off. I believe that. I think they have. Enough firepower to go back and forth with that Bucks offense, and I think that their defense can get stops against that Bucks offense, right? So I think the Bucks. I mean, I think the Bucks are scared to see Dallas again. I don't think they want to see Dallas again. And Dak can already said, "Yeah, I'll see you." He, so Dak can already claimed it. So yeah, man. But I mean, good good day for Mac Jones. Unfortunately. You know, the, the Patriots lose again. But to throw a pick six to Trayvon Diggs, who is a freak, man, a ball magnet, to throw a pick six to him and then have the 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 cojones to throw back to him and then throw a 75-yard touchdown, man. Yeah, he's a baller, man. Mac Jones may be the answer. You know, this this, this uh Pates, Pat, excuse me, this Patriots team, they just have to find a way to win, man. They got to find ways to win. But Mac Jones, 
he 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 may not be so bad after all. He might not be, you know. The jury is still out, but right now I don't know, man. He seems like a baller. He seems like a baller, I'm, and I'm not mad at him. You know, I I understand. You know, I understand the decision that the Patriots had to make, had to make, and you know this is this is where we are now. But another another great win, another great game. Honestly, this season has been fun, man. This season, hey, no, get out, get out of there. What are you doing? Come here, come here, Izzy, get over here. No, I'm not playing fetch. That thing off me. Bad is it? No. I'm working. Daddy is working right now. Goodness. Be good. Now where was I? I was talking about the Cowboys and the Patriots. Right. I think we I think we're good on that. Um let's see, let's see. Where we at? Where we at? Where we at? Um, let's say Oh, we were talking. I was talking about how good the season has been. Somebody had tweeted out the scores um, to all the primetime games this year. I think I retweeted it. Let me see. Yup, Cowboys Bucks, uh, thirty-one twenty-nine. Ravens Raiders thirty-three twenty-seven. OT Giants Washington thirty thirty to twenty-nine. That was a good game. Chiefs Ravens thirty-six thirty-five. Packers Forty Nine is thirty twenty-eight. Jags Bengals 24-21, Bucks Pats 19-17, Colts Ravens 31-25 OT, Seahawks Steelers 23-20 OT, and the Bills Titans 34-31. I'm glad to say I got to see all those games. Yeah, man, this this season has been fun. The season has been fun. Who plays this Thursday night? I know I know the Packers and Cardinals play next Thursday night. Who plays this Thursday? Night? This week seven. Oh Jesus! The Broncos and the Browns. Nobody wants to see that. I'm sorry. Nobody wants to see that. With all due respect. It's all due respect. All right. Let's see what else happened this past Sunday and Monday. Okay. Let's 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 talk about this one. Packers Bears, man. Packers Bears at Soldier Field. You know, it was just another it was another home game for us. I mean, that's why we had our one on our, our our greens, right? But bro, I think the play of the year, Aaron Rodgers scrambles for a touchdown. He gets hit late, puts the biggest belt on that the world has ever seen, and he looks into the crowd. And he tells the Bears fans who was throwing a bunch of middle fingers up and probably yelling expletives at this man. He he saw red at that moment. He told them, all my effing life, I've owned you. I own you. I still own you. I still own you. When you're 22 and 5 against an organization, it's it's... It's in, you know, you have the right to say those type of things. Aaron Rodgers does own the Chicago Bears. He owns Soldier Field. He owns their fans. He's broken their heart many a times. 
And to see that emotion from him, man, sure does bury those people who were saying that Aaron Rodgers doesn't care back in week one or that he was here to sabotage the Packers season. Woof. How do you guys feel now? Um, I, I had a lot of confidence going into this game as a Packers fan. I'm sorry, I'm going to speak as a Packers fan. I had a lot of confidence going into this game. Um, I wasn't worried about the Bears or Justin Fields. I mean, he still has a lot to learn. He still has a lot to learn. But I was very impressed with the defense, man, getting back to him, a lot of sacks. Um, they played very well. Just didn't like the refs, man. The refs, the refs were on, on – uh, they were on some BS during that game. During all the games, honestly, the refs were on BS. I mean, this score could have been 31-14 for the Packers. Could have been even more. They took away an interception versus a touchdown. Like, it was a lot going on. It's a lot going on. But uh, it was a good game for Rodgers, 17-23, 195 yards, two touchdowns. Um, with the rushing touchdown, uh, Alan Lazard caught one. I was happy to see him with three Cool receptions. Aaron Jones receiving touchdown as well. Devontae Adams, four receptions, 89 yards, just carving them up. It was a good game, man. It was a good, you know, the good rivalry game. It was physical. It was shippy. It was everything you expect from a Packers-Bears game at Soldier Field. Now, these two teams won't see each other until December. Um, but, um, so, you know, who knows where both teams will be by then. But right now, the Packers are 5-1. and one. And the Bears are three and three. Um, I think the Bears have found their quarterback. You know, Justin Fields, he's just young. He has a lot to learn still, but I think he's gonna be good for them in in the in the coming years. I think that, you know, he just still, you know, just groom him, you know, and play to his strengths, obviously. You know, that's that's what you want him to do. You want the game to keep coming to him. Um, but you know, this Bears, the Bears defense is still there. You know, their front is still scary, but their secondary is not. Uh you know, so shout out to Adrian A. You know what I mean? You know, y'all didn't want him. Thank you. Once again, thank you. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, come on. The Packers are five and one. Number one in the NFC uh North. And they are what are they at in the NFC? Like in total, because let's look at some seating for the NFC right now. And where where the Packers would be at right now? Oh, they would have the three seed. Oh wow! Look at all the five and one teams, man, in the NFC. Jesus. Cardinals are five six and zero. Oh, the Bucks are five and one. The Packers are five and one. The Cowboys are five and one. Rams are five and one. Packers and Cardinals have the biggest win streaks at six and five. And uh, they play each other very soon. But who else is five one? Oh, that's it. And then it's a drop off here to three and two with the Saints. And but man, the NFC is tight, bro. Tight. And this is a year, even with seventeen games, there is not much room for error at all. At all, these games are huge. Every game is almost you know a seeding game, right? It's like college football, but because only one team gets the buy. Only one team gets the first round by and home field advantage. So every game means something. Every division, every conference game means something. So there's no room for error. You can only afford to lose 
honestly, one, maybe two times. Like, there's you can't go thirteen and three and get the one, number one seed. Honestly, you can't go twelve and four and get the number one seed anymore. Those days are over. If you're not going fifteen and one, fourteen and two, maybe thirteen and three. But if you're losing four or more, you're going on the road. You know, so when you look at the Cardinals, the Bucks, the Packers, the Cowboys, and the Rams, and and you know how their schedules shape up for the back half of the season, you know things get rocky for those teams, except for the goddamn Bucks, who have the easiest schedule. So who knows how things can go? But it is only October. November is coming though, and and, and things are about to heat up in the NFC, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. Let's see, let's see. Where to next? All right, so let's wrap up week six. We're talking about the Bills and the Titans game. Because Friday on Electrified Vision, I told you guys that Derrick Henry was going to rush for a buck 60 and two touchdowns. Derrick Henry ended up rushing for twenty, only 20 carries, 143 yards, and three touchdowns. He had himself a night. I told he, I told you guys, man, the Bills hadn't seen the king yet. They hadn't seen a team that, you know, rushed the ball that well, and they held all of the running backs to uh, less than 100 yards through five weeks of football. But I told you guys, the king was coming. King was coming, man. Ryan Tannehill did not play his best game of football. Okay, he he missed a lot of throws. He threw an interception, no touchdown. So it was, it was King Henry's night. He definitely carried the team. Now, A.J. Brown had a good game, though. Seven receptions, 91 yards. He 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 had a good game. Now, Julio was hurt again. With an, hold on, hold on. Izzy, what are you eating? Izzy, what are you eating? Come here. Okay, I'm sorry about that. My dog is wilding. But, man, listen, man. I honestly think Derrick Henry, when it's all said and done, is going to go down as the greatest running back of all time. And I, I really think he has a great chance at breaking Eric Dickerson's rushing record this season. Obviously, with the 17th game, I mean, this is something that we knew could happen, but I think that it's it's going to become a reality very soon. Listen to this, man, through five weeks of football. Through the last five weeks, 20 carries, 143 yards, three touchdowns. 29 carries, 130 yards, three touchdowns. 33 carries. 157 yards, one touchdown. 28 carries, 112 yards, no touchdowns. 35 carries, 182 yards, three touchdowns. And then last night, again, another three-touchdown game, another 100-plus game. Fam, respect that man, bro. He's already leading the rushing race by 260. Hail to the king, bro. Hail to the king. It's It's really nothing you can say. You know, and I know in today's game, you know, you want a diverse uh, running back. You want a running back that you can use in the past game and a, a running back, you know, that's that's really the Swiss Army knife. You know, the guys who run through your face and the bigger running backs, they, they've, they've gone extinct. And there hasn't been a running back of this size to ever do this. I think Brandon Jacobs, in my memory, in my recent memory, would probably be 
as far as size goes, I mean, he was not half the running back that Derrick Henry is. But who have you seen this big move this fast, bro? Like, 6'3", 247, and he's moving at 21.8 miles per hour. He's a freaking car, bro. He's a freaking car. It don't make sense, man. It doesn't make sense. He He's not real. He's not real. He's not real. He is a video game. And and he, he just keeps stiff-arming people. And I don't know what it is about the, the Bills, but he did it again last night. Just sit down, boy. What you trying to tackle me for? I'm, do you know who I am? I am the king, man. The king of kings. Stop playing with him, man. Respect his crown. Derek freaking Henry, man. Derek Henry. Tell me, man. That boy's a problem. And he take care he takes care of his body. And I think that's really what's impressive. You know, you look at his workout videos and his workout regimen. He's like the LeBron. He has the potential to be the LeBron of the NFL as far as longevity goes. I mean, because he is 27. He's not a young whippersnapper. He's been around. But, you know, for him to be at, playing at this level, yeah, man, he's he he's a problem. He's a problem. I love watching him play. He's he's probably he's he's my favorite running back. And he's my favorite fantasy player. That's why I took him in the first round. Didn't have a choice. Hell to the king. Um all right. Where to next, man? So let's talk about this Sean Taylor uh jersey ceremony situation now we knew we knew why they did this and how this came about and we knew this wasn't in good faith we knew it wasn't out of the good of their hearts we knew it wasn't out of the good of the organization this was nothing but a ploy to distract us from what they've got going on and to distract their fans and to make it seem like they actually care but they didn't now give me one moment it is the year 2021. I think it is cool that they did this in 2021, right? I think that's cool. But they they probably aren't even thinking like that. That's my brain. But to retire Sean Taylor's number in the midst of, you know, what you guys have going on, it, it's, 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 it's nasty, and we know that it wasn't genuine. It wasn't genuine. You guys didn't want to do that. You guys did it because you had to get the heat off of you. And it couldn't have been any more obvious. So knowing all of this and feeling this way, going into the uh, the ceremony, we knew that this wasn't, you know, this was not their plan A to do this. And then to see how it went. Only confirmed it. I mean, fam. Let me pull up the tweet. Because this is insane to me, man. And it's sad. I feel bad for the family. They had to come out for this. Like, this was not it, man. This was not it. So, let me read off a couple of things to you. There were pictures as well. There were pictures. So, if you, you can go on Twitter. Uh, the tweet. The person. This, this comes from Chad Ryan. At Chad uh, Wicko TWW. So here it is. There's pictures too. So Sean Taylor Road. The road was rededicated in front of porta potties. 
The sideline number tribute was in the area where VIP VIP stands. So if you've been to an NFL game or you've seen, you know, the field, you know, NFL field, if you've gotten an angle and look at it before. But if you haven't, now I've been to an NFL game before. I've, it was a preseason game. And there is a spot where the fans stand at. I mean, not the fans, excuse me, the VIPs, like, you know, uh, VIP fans, you know, players, family members, they, they have a certain area where they stand. Now, they decided, is he? What are you doing? They decided to uh, have the fans stand right on this man's number. Like, that's where they dedicated it to. They had that. They had they painted the number in the VIP area, and this this will be important for a later topic in this uh, segment. So they do that. Then the halftime ceremony, no speeches, no recognition. They just had the jersey out there and brought his family out on the field. Then the the team's owner wore a hoodie to the pregame meeting with the family. No 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 suit. A hoodie, khaki, and some Sperry's. This was bad, man. This was bad, bro. This was bad business. This was bad business. This was really bad business. Are we surprised? No. We aren't surprised. None of this surprised me. At all. None of this surprised me. This man played for your team, died tragically, was a great player for the organization. And this is what you do for his family, for his memory. No, I can't respect that, man. I can't, I can't, I can't respect that. I can't respect that. And... Then on top of that, you you put people in positions to do bad things. I mean, listen, Jackson Mahomes is one of the worst people. I hate, honestly, I'm starting to hate the whole Mahomes family because Patrick's mom decided to tweet during the game when he threw that nasty-ass interception and tried to say that was a fumble. Man, please. I'm really starting to dislike all of them. But I've already had... Strong feelings for Jackson Mahomes. He is a TikTok baby. I mean, it, it don't get no more TikTok than him. And I cannot stand him. I mean, the kid threw water on a Ravens fan a couple weeks ago. And now he's TikToking on Sean Taylor's number. Now, he apologized for it. He said he meant no disrespect. All right. Now, I don't think it was his fault. Because that is where the VIPs were told to stand. And... It was on the on the Washington football team. That's where they dedicated the number. Now, that's on them. I mean, now, could he have done his little TikTok somewhere else? Yeah. He could have. But I don't know, man. I don't know. He caught a lot of heat for it, and rightfully so, but he did apologize for it. But the whole situation was really bad, man. It was, it was really bad. It was really bad. Really, really, really um let's see let's see i think i'm gonna get you guys out of here i know this is a short show um there's a couple of things on here 
Let me think. Nah, no, 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 not yet, not yet. We can do one more thing, and then I'll get you guys out of here. Uh, so Coach O, man, of LSU. Apparently, this is going to be it for him at the end of the season. I'm not surprised. Remember, a couple of years ago, was it last year? Hold on, I gotta, I gotta be accurate about this. I don't know if it was last year. Or the year before. It was last year, but when? November of last year. Yeah, almost a year ago. November of last year when I, when we talked about um, the LSU scandals with the sexual assaults and the domestic stuff that they had going on and how, you know, Coach O was kind of complicit in all of this. That culture, that locker room, you know, all of that has come back to bite him. And it's sad that it took them having losing seasons for this to all come out. But let's talk about Coach O himself first and the things that uh, were said, right? Um, Let me pull up the article. Athletic. Piece on old Coach O. Was single again. Oh, yeah. Remember when he got, you know, he was single. He got a divorce, signed a big contract, blah 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 blah, and he just started talking to random, you know, random women. And uh, let's see. Uh, it created messes for him. Like the time Oregon pulled it up to a woman at a gas station wearing exercise attire, he said, "Hey, you look like you work out." He said, according to multiple sources, we could work out together. The woman informed Oregon she was married and pregnant. To he responded, why does that matter? Wow. That woman was the wife of a high-ranking LSU official. Word of this reached the LSU Board of Supervisors, the collection of prominent uh, Louisiana attorneys and business owners appointed by the governor who make the important decisions at LSU and, of course, LSU Athletic Director Scott Woodward. Oh, that's nasty. That is nasty. Yikes. Did not know that. That's, come on, dog. What are you doing? What the hell are you doing, Coach O? Now, let me read some stuff from the ESPN. Uh, the ESPN um, article. Give me one minute. I'm going to pull something up. One Where's the stuff? All right, here we go. Here we go. So, even as LSU was celebrating its national title following a 42-45 victory against Clemson in the Big Easy on January 13, 2020, the off-field problems for Oregon's team were becoming difficult to ignore. Video captured former LSU star Odell Beckham Jr. at the time an NFL player handing out cash to Tigers players on the field after the game prompting an investigation by the NCAA, which was already looking into improper benefits in both the football and men's basketball programs. In December, with the Tigers floundering with a 3-5 record during the coronavirus-delayed 2020 season, the administration announced a one-year bowl ban. That was on top of a self-imposed sanctions that included the loss of eight scholarships over two years, 
reduced recruiting visits, evaluations and communication, and a two-year ban from LSU's football facilities for Odell Beckham, now a star with the Cleveland Browns. The NCAA enforcement staff charged the Tigers with a level two violation for Beckham's actions. Then on June 12th, LSU abruptly fired offensive line coach James Craig, whose unit won the Joe Moore Award for the country's best during the championship in 2019. Craig sued the school in August, alleging it fired him for cause after he admitted to NCAA enforcement staff that he had visited a prospect and provided him with gear during a COVID-19 dead period. He sued the school for breach of contract, arguing it prematurely terminated him before the NCAA had Rule actually ruled whether he committed a level one or level two violation or repeated level three and level four violations. More troubling, in the past eight months, Oregon had twice been accused of improperly handling allegations of sexual misconduct by a player. Both uh, allegations involved former star uh, Darius Geis. In March, a 74-year-old woman testified to Louisiana State Senate select committee that Geis approached her while she was working as a security guard at the New Orleans Superdome in 2017. According to the woman, Geis told her, I like having sex with older women like you, and I want your body. The woman, Gloria Scott, told lawmakers that Oregon called her, offering to have Geis apologize and allegedly said, please forgive Geis because he's a troubled child. Oregon submitted a written statement to the committee in lieu of testifying in person and denied ever speaking to Scott directly about the matter. Scott said she told Oregon that she wanted Geis suspended from playing in the Citrus Bowl on January 1, 2018. He was allowed to play. In the letter to the committee, Oregon wrote that whether he spoke to Scott directly does not change the fact that what happened to Miss Scott in 2017 is unequivocally wrong. As a leader and as a father, son, and grandson, I want to emphasize that it is heartbreaking Miss Scott was subjected to such crude remarks by Mr. Geis, and she should be respected for her bravery and resolve to provide her statements to the committee, Oregon wrote. She, along with this committee, has my word that I will continue to be vigilant in ensuring that the LSU football program maintains a culture of integrity and compliance. Cap. Then in June, Oregon was added as a defendant in an amend. uh, in a men Title IX lawsuit against LSU that accused him of failing to properly report an allegation of rape against Geis. In the fall of 2016, according to the complaint, Ashlyn Robertson told her new boyfriend, who had been recruited to play football for LSU, that Geis had raped her. According to the lawsuit, Robertson's boyfriend disclosed the alleged rape to Oregon, who, pur- who pur- uh, purportedly responded, by telling Robertson's boyfriend not to be upset. Everybody's girlfriend sleeps with other people. Man, this guy's the problem, man. This 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 there's no room for that. You know, sweeping allegations under the rug is it, it, this should have been he should have been gone, man. You know, he won a little championship. And, you know, in this article, they, they, they say that was just lightning in a bottle. He wins a little championship, and then he goes on a losing streak, you know, to, you know, another losing season, and now they're just going into this. 
Now, remember back in November of last year when I talked to this, the USA, remember I talked about the USA Today investigation. So last November, they found out that at least nine LSU football players have been reported to police for accusations of sexual misconduct and dating violence since Oregon was promoted to interim coach in 2016. The report said the university had disciplined two of them. And former wide receiver Drake Davis was not kicked out of school until four months later after he was convicted of physically abusing his former girlfriend, an LSU tennis player. Asked to describe the current culture of the program, a source close to the program told ESPN on Sunday, it's broken. It's broken. I told you guys this last year. And it took a whole, almost a whole year for things to change. Sad, man. Sad situation. I feel bad for the victims. I feel bad for the families. Um, And I feel bad for the players who haven't been accused of anything and haven't done anything that we don't know of. Like, you know, I don't like to play the bad apple card, but when this is all going on, it makes the entire organization look bad. It makes... All of the players look bad. And, and you know, you don't want to be associated with that. But that's the team that you're on. That's the team that you ride for. And it's like, damn. You know, so it's nasty, man. It's nasty for sure. It's nasty for sure. Nef- definitely not anything that uh should have been, you know, taken this long. And I'm sad that they're going to let you know, Coach O played a season out, but I guess they don't have a choice, but good riddance, man. Good riddance. Oh, uh, now, that's all I got for you guys today. I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. Okay, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Um, We'll talk some more. But a shout Stadium Scene TV. Shout out to the creators, con- the content creators group. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. And go watch Electrified Vision on YouTube. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel at Electrified uh, TV. And for the 167th time, I'm Eric Lyons, and you have just been electrified.